Hello, Gospel for Grampian listeners. Welcome to our episode 85. And today we are talking about the fruits of the Spirit, the benefits of the fruits of the Spirit. And we're now on part four. And we are going to be talking about self-control and faithfulness. So over the last few weeks, we've been unpacking the fruits of the Spirit and we've reflected on the benefits of the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. As Paul emphasizes in Galatians that as Christians, we ought to walk in the Spirit and in doing so, the results outwardly are the fruits of the Spirit um, for people to see the God in us, but it also, it enables us to walk in the benefits of the gifts of God because the fruits of the Spirit is not independent to the gifts of God. And so when we walk in the gifts of God, we also radiate the fruits of the Spirit. So I love what God said in, in the abiding. When when Jesus said in John 15, 4, John said in um, John 15, 4, Abide in me and I in you. This is Jesus talking and he says, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you as the branch, you cannot bear fruit of yourself unless you abide in Jesus. And so those fruits is really what we're speaking about. It's not just the gifts of God, but in the gifts of God, you see the joy of the Lord at work. You see the peace of God at work. You see the gentleness of God at work because in the gentleness of God, you see the greatness of God. And in the when you operate in the gifts of God, you see the greatness of God. And that is the fruit of gentleness. When you operate in the joy of the Lord, you experience his strength. So all of these Fruits are not just for outward people, uh, outwardly for people to see that you're a Christian, but it also works in terms of enabling you to be effective in the gifts that God has given you. So that was what we spoke about in the abiding. Now, in part one, we spoke about love. And I love what Erica said, that love is the foundation where all the other fruits are birthed from the love of God. And you know, ladies, I just love this. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Believe all th- love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, what I loved about the scripture is that if you don't have love, you will not have hope. And without hope, you cannot have faith. And if you don't have love, you cannot endure all things. That means you cannot bear long suffering. So you see, without love, the other fruits cannot work. And then in part two, we spoke about the abiding. And in part three, we spoke about, about dying to self. Oh my gosh, why do we need to die to self? So that we can experience the divine nature of God, which is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And in part three, we address the fruits of the Spirit, which is goodness, kindness, and patience. And so we encourage our listeners, please go back and listen to part one, part two, point, part three. It's going to open up a whole new world to you about the fruits of the Spirit and what does it do for you personally. Personally, how it, you allow the fruits to transform your life Externally, the world will see Christ in you, but personally, you will be transformed into the image of God and able to walk in the gifts that God has given you in a favorable light. Today in part four, we are going to address the fruits of faithfulness and self-control. But before we talk about that, I want to introduce our Women of Africa Care Air Crew. And as I introduce them, I'm going to start with Shanaz. I'm going to ask you a question, Shanaz, as you introduce yourself today. 
which of the fruits have you found to be most challenging and how have you addressed it? Good day, beautiful Angelina. Good day to our air crew and good day to our listeners. That's really a tough question, beautiful Angelina. I think self-control is always the one that I've been struggling with. Um, you know, I constantly have to ask the Lord to help me. But sometimes I tend to lose myself in the sense of not controlling my emotions. And I think that's the most difficult for me, Angelina. Especially with my family, sometimes I become impatient and I show that through my demeanor. And, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will, not sometimes, all the time will convict me of where I am losing self-control. And I'm so grateful. It has become easier over time. And I must say recently, I've even become much more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I'm grateful because the Lord has been growing me in that area. Because that's been the area where I've really been struggling. So I'm so grateful that Abba Father is growing me. Yes, sometimes it's painful because I, I'm also human. You know, and we'll never be perfect whilst we're on this earth. And so, sometimes I can be stubborn, but I'm so grateful that the Lord is constantly molding me. I am the clay and he's the potter. And I always want to take that position with Abba Father, beautiful ladies, that he will mold me and shape me because I truly just want to honor him and glorify his name. So even when it's difficult, I hear what the Holy Spirit says, and then I submit. And it does become easier when we heed to the voice of the Lord. So I want to encourage the listeners to continue to heed to the voice of the Lord, continue to listen to Him. And I can tell you, you will be victorious. You are victorious already. And don't let it hinder your growth. Continue to heed to the, to the voice of the Lord. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. Thank you so much, Shanaz. You know, before I give the platform to Erica, I just want to say to our listeners that if you are embarking on the Lord to help you reflect the fruits of the Spirit in your life, then you have to be teachable. And I think that's what we've all four learned on our air crew, that whenever God tells us to minister a word, He first works in our lives to change us. And I love what Erica, uh, sorry, Shanaz spoke about on self-control. You know, Shanaz, what happened to me, a good way of me now learning that I have a self-control issue, was I recorded a discussion I had with a loved one. And someone else was in the premises while the conversation happened. So after the conversation, I listened to the recording and I realized, my gosh, there was definitely no self-control there. Because in the past, when I would speak like that, I would substantiate that I have the right to justify why I was out of control because I was hurt and I was angry. But that still didn't stop the fact that I was out of self-control. And you don't have to be vulgar to be out of self-control. You can just be aggressive and you know loud and extremely rude in your loudness. 
And so the other person that was listening on, on the, you know, on the side as an observer also brought it up to me. So I'm saying gospel for grandpa listeners, when you go through your transformation process, the word of God first works in us before it works out on the other people that listen. So be teachable. When God gives you a word in his scripture about, for example, the fruits of the spirit, and he wants to teach you patience, be the first person to exercise patience before you minister out. He will show you when, when he gives you the word to exercise patience, look at your own life and say, Lord, do I need help there? And, and then he will give you the opportunity to see, hey, listen, you do need help. And then you work on yourself, like Shanaz has been saying, and like I've said, had I not recorded it, I probably would have just ignored it. Go for it, Erica. Tell us, what has been your most challenging fruit of the Spirit that you had to face? Thank you so much, Angelina. And I just want to say hello to all the Gospel for Grampian listeners. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for allowing Holy Spirit to minister to each of you. Yes, I must also admit, Shanaz, it's the same with me, self-control. The first thing that I do is, and it's not always easy, is to go to the Bible to see what God has to say about that subject. So one passage I've studied quite a bit is 2 Peter 1, verse 3 to 11. It says that God, by his divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. By reading this verse over and over again, by chewing it word by word, it truly helped me to realize the shortcoming of not having self-control. We want self-control because it comes to our aid and gives us victory in our conflicts with the world, the flesh, and the devil. All three parts are always part of our lives in our everyday life. The world, the flesh, and the devil. But for me, to read this scripture continuously and to partake of the words that is written in it, it highlights what God has actually given me and that I can live a life of godliness and knowledge of him. Because Ephesians 1 also says, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding that I might know you more, to be more intimate with you. And therefore, I believe that with every situation, And every fruit, if there's any fruit that you're having a a difficulty with, is to go to a scripture where God talks about uh, about that fruit to you specifically. And therefore, I thank the Lord that simply by walking in the fruit of the Spirit on purpose every day, wherever I go, I can let the world see Jesus in me. Thank you, precious Angelina. Thank you, beautiful Erica. I must say, ladies, the most difficult fruit that I have to overcome and I'm still trying to overcome is faithfulness. And when you go through the fruit of faithfulness, it's talking about God's faith, God's faith in us, not our faith, because none of the fruits of the Spirit is ours. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so faithfulness is faith in God. And I love what John 5 says, who is 
who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus Christ is Son of God. Now, I believe that Jesus Christ is Son of God. I believe that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I believe heaven is my home. But the challenge of me believing that the world has been overcome by Christ is the challenge that I'm having to deal with. And that is what the faith journey is all about. Because in Revelations 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. And they loved their lives not unto... Uh, they, they did not love their lives unto death, meaning they were dying to self. And that's the part that I'm going through where I'm dying to self because the word of God says he is Jehovah Jireh, I'm, he's my provider. I have to let go of independence. It's the self that is in the way. And when it comes to faith, the self cannot be in the way. Remember what Jesus did. He was the model of faith. He said and then he saw and then he said it is good. In the garden of uh, when when they when they when creation was made jesus said then he saw what he said come alive and then he said it was good and then when he came to the disciples he spoke a thing and it happened he thanked god for the multiplication and the multiplication happened everything jesus did was seeing in the spirit and then the manifestation happened and for me that is the biggest challenge having faith in god when I cannot see it, for me is the overcoming. I mean, I've gone through this now for 13 months and I've seen the steps. You know, the Bible says that when you know you overcome is when you don't have fear. When, when the word of God says God is, going to, God is your protector and when somebody comes to intimidate you and you don't react in fear, that means you have overcome fear. So for me, to walk in faith means that I believe that Christ has overcome the world. Therefore, nothing in the natural, whether it's a need financially, whether it's a physical challenge, whether it's a, uh, you know, a fear torment coming to intimidate me, none of those can frustrate me because I'm dead to self and that if I need anything, when I speak the word of God, I will be able to see the manifestation and see it's good. For me, that, ladies and gospel for Grampian listeners, is where I am walking this faith journey because I've seen last year there were a lot of fears that came my way and how I dealt with those fears. And now those same challenges are coming this year and I'm overcoming it quicker. So I believe that God gives us the grace to go around that mountain till we get to the point of totally overcoming it and dying to self where we can now say the word and then see it and then testify. And so, yeah, that is my challenge, walking in faith, because the word of God says the just shall live by faith. And faith means that I'm fully persuaded that what the word of God says is true. And I think it's easier to believe God that when you die, you're going to go to eternity because in your death, you don't worry about anything in the natural anymore. But while you are living in the natural, there's daily things that is necessary that you need. And to be able to, for the now, have faith in God, that is the true test of being fully persuaded that what God says it is true and he's overcome and he's given us everything we need pertaining to life in this world. I'm an overcomer as I learn the truths and the secrets of heaven. Having said that, we are now going to just quickly recap what Galatians 5.22 says. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Because when you walk in the fruits of the Spirit, no law can challenge you because you are innocent. The law is only for those who are guilty. And if you walk in the Spirit of God, all the fruits of the Spirit means that you're a law-abiding citizen. Nothing, no one can say you are guilty. And it says, and those who are, who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only by the Spirit of God. So it's important for us, Gospel for Grampian listeners, to understand that we are reborn and therefore as being reborn as children of God and the Holy Spirit being with us, we can discern the things of the Spirit. Therefore, it is important for us to be able to walk in the Spirit because God has given us the grace to do that. So let us walk in the Spirit and let us adopt the fruits of the Spirit so that we can fulfill the plans and purposes that God has prepared for us. So without further delay, I want us to quickly go into the fruits of the spirit and we're going to start with self-control i'd call upon erica erica let's start with self-control what have you got for us okay that is very interesting because the question is asked what is self-control as a fruit of the spirit self-control is the active effort we put forth to resist the temptation to go back to the ways of the world around us once we've been shown God's spiritual way of life, it is demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit instead of committing the works of the flesh. But now how does the Holy Spirit give us that self-control? It means we are focused on doing God's will and God's will alone. Contrary to the world's belief, the spiritual fruit of self-control does not come about through the discipline or of self-mastery, but rather through surrendering ourselves to God's control. And again, it says here, we need to surrender ourselves to the Lord because in our own efforts, we will not be able to work the fruits of the Spirit. So now the question is, how does God teach self-control? Being aware of what tempts us, we can take our struggles to God. Again, we go to God. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And we have self-control when we keep in step with the Spirit. He empowers us to overcome temptation. We can ask the question, how did Jesus use self-control? Isn't that a, an interesting question? He was tempted with three alluring offers, instant gratification, identity, and power. While Satan used every means to tempt Jesus, even quoting and manipulating scripture, Jesus stood firm. With the word of God, he pushed Satan back and displayed self-control. So this tells me that I have to have the word of God in me. I have to hear my father's voice speaking his word to me so that <clears throat> I can administer self-control. 
what are the qualities of self-control in the Bible? The Bible tells us that we can have self-control by trusting and depending on God. If we read Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, being led by the Spirit, as Galatians 5, 16 tells us, and walking in love, again, Galatians 5, 13 and 14, when we practice self-control, we are living in obedience to God's word. And again, I say, when we practice and we make an effort, it is like in Proverbs also says, I lean with my whole personality onto the Lord. And he works that in me because the word of God in Philippians says, he is the one that works in us to work and to will according to his great pleasure. Again, our lives here on earth, portraying the fruit of the Spirit, portraying self-control brings glory to God. Thank you, precious Angelina. Thank you, beautiful Erica. Talk to us, Shanaz. Thank you, beautiful ladies. I, I want to touch on a word that you mentioned when we were speaking about fear, Angelina. As I was meditating upon Galatians and reflecting on self-control, the Lord led me to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love of power and of a sound mind. Now, I first want to touch on this word fear. So we know that fear is false evidence appearing as real. And we know that when we accept this fear upon us, that we are not in control. So what happens? The enemy brings forth false evidence appearing as real. And if we receive it, we lose self-control. I like what Erica spoke about where Jesus was tempted, Satan tempted him. And so many times in our, our walk, the enemy brings forth fear. Why? Because he knows when we are consumed with fear, we lose self-control. And in, in some of the, the other versions, I think the English Standard Version, Instead of it saying sound mind, it says self-control. So remember, our minds, if we have no self-control, then we're accepting this false evidence that's appearing as real, and therefore, we, when fear comes upon you, what happens? It grips you. You are captivated with fear. You cannot think, you cannot make a decision. I don't know if anybody's experienced fear, but I've experienced fear once when there was an attempted um, robbery at our home. And the fear that came upon me, I could not even move physically. And then suddenly the Lord said to me, I need to start to pray. Pray, pray in, my, in my heavenly language. And when I started doing that, I was then able to take the phone and call my husband because it was an evening, he was at youth, and I was at home with our little one. But that fear captivated me. In other words, I lost self-control. But as I allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to me, and I listened to what the Holy Spirit said, I prayed in my heavenly tongue, and fear left. So we can see that this verse also says, as beautiful Erica says, that self-control is directly from the Holy Spirit. Jesus displayed self-control. He quoted the Word of God. So when we are faced with fear, 
We should not allow it to consume us, to keep us trapped, but we should be able to allow the Spirit of God to minister to us and allow the Lord to express that self-control in and through our own lives. So firstly, that that ability, that gift of the of the of self-control allows us to navigate here on this earth without fear. Because we are now children of the Lord, a beautiful Angelina said that, that when we are born again, we have the spirit of the loving God within us as we declare that Jesus is Lord of our lives, He's our Savior, that we are we are operating with that same spirit that Jesus had whilst he was on the earth. So I want to encourage the believers this evening, perhaps you are facing fear this evening. Remember, it's false evidence appearing as real. Remember, the Bible also says the devil goes about like a roaring lion. Right? But actually, there's nothing about him that we need to be fearful about because we, Jesus has already overcome Beautiful Erica said that as well. And we can rightfully stand knowing that we have self-control through the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. You know, Shanaz, I love what you spoke about the self-control in the aspect of fear. So the self-control doesn't only come with rage and anger, but it also comes in the forms of torment through fear. And I think about myself when I experienced fear for the first time. I love where you said that it's false evidence uh, appearing real. And I became so fearful that I was so overwhelmed. My insights were, I thought it was going to erupt. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I thought my stomach was going to erupt. That That is how anxiety it was like an anxiety attack. I couldn't do anything. I was shaking in, outside. I was internally traumatized. And I went and I laid in the bed. And I laid in the bed and I said to the Lord, I don't know how to deal with this. It's something that I cannot control and I can't do anything to change. But I'm afraid. And and as I laid in the bed, I said to the Holy Spirit, why am I afraid? Because if you didn't you know, give me the, the, the answer to this, that means I cannot do anything. Why am I afraid? Because if you want, didn't want me to go through this, you would have given me a resolution and you haven't given me a resolution. So I can't do anything in my own ability to fix it. And now I'm afraid. And as I laid in the bed, the Holy Spirit said to me, I had pride. And so one of the the fruits of fear is pride. And I said to the Lord, what do you mean I have pride? He said, you're believing in the fear rather than believing in my word. And that's what pride is. You're having faith in the fear rather than putting your faith in the word of God. And the minute I heard that word, I said, oh my gosh, because pride is putting your faith in everything but God. And so when I put my faith in the fear, I believed that situation rather than the word of God. And immediately I rebuked it. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for actually believing the circumstance over your word. And when I did that, slowly anxiety left me and the peace of God came over me. So gospel for grandpa listeners, another way to overcome fear is to believe what God is saying. And if you believe and can see that your physical circumstances 
are evidence that you are anxious or fearful, then quickly know that you're having faith in the torment or in that bad report rather than God and go back to the word of God and God's grace will help you overcome that fear. Another um, self-control issue I'd like to bring up is the one when when Jesus told the disciples, stay awake and pray, watch and pray, Matthew 26, 41. He said to the disciples, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That is another form of losing self-control. When the flesh is weak, it's because we are not prayed up in the spirit. And so when we don't pray up in the spirit and we allow the flesh to take control, we are not exercising self-control. So self-control is a way when we allow the flesh to get in the way. So that means if I indulge in sexual immorality, that is not self-control because I haven't resisted the flesh. When I become a gluttonous, I'm overeating because I have an addiction to food, that is not self-control. When I allow myself to go into addictions, that is because the flesh is weak. And so ways of overcoming these things is by walking in the spirit because anything that causes our flesh to sin is not self-control. It's out of uh, uh, control. And how we get that back into control is by praying in the spirit and so when Jesus was telling the disciples pray lest you fall into temptation he was saying pray in the spirit because your flesh can get in the way that is why Jesus went three times and he prayed on the side and he said father my spirit is not willing let this bitter cup pass me but nonetheless let your will be done And here Jesus was between two situations. My flesh doesn't want to do this, doesn't want to go to the cross, but nonetheless, let your will be done. So how did he pray to get the flesh out of the way? By praying in the spirit. So even when it comes to doing the will of God, the will of God will always be challenged. Right, Shanaz and Erika? The devil doesn't want us to live out God's will. So he's going to challenge us. So if we don't pray in the spirit, we will never end up doing the will of God. We will do what the flesh says, and that is out of control. So don't think that being self-controlled only means acting out in a civilized way and not being rageful and not being angry. It can be being fearful. It can be doing a will that is not the will of God. It can be walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Doing our own thing because the Bible says that a way seems right to a man, but it leads to death. That is out of control. That is leading, going out of the will of God. I don't know if you want to add to that, ladies. I agree with that beautiful Angelina. I think um, God's spirit is power. It is love and self-control. And here we see this word loving the scripture again. So as Galatians rightfully starts off with the fruit of the Spirit, it mentions love first. And so here we can see how God's word is intertwining love with self-control in the scripture here again. And I also love what you're saying, Angeline, in terms of we can only be led by God's Spirit if we are Spirit-led. We are living a Spirit-led lifestyle. 
that means we have to be in relationship with our Father. We have to be in His Word. We should know what His Word says about us and how we ought to live. Paul was encouraging the Galatians church not to become legalistic, but rather in faith, having a spirit-led lifestyle. I also think of the time when I was gripped suddenly with anxiousness. I was worried about my daughter's university fees. And immediately earlier this year, for a moment, I had such anxiety because I was worried about where the funds going to come from. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, but look back on your life. Can you trace the grace of God? Do you see that I have constantly been there for you? Can you see my provision? You have never lacked. And immediately that brought about peace and it brought about self-control through the Spirit of God. And I was able to rely on Abba Father. Thank you, Angelina, for reminding us not to lean on our own understanding or our own flesh, but looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, because there I could lean on God. I could lean on tracing the grace of God and not allowing anxiety to come upon me. And therefore, the Spirit of God gave that self-control that I was willing to hear. I realized there was anxiety and I could immediately ask how the Spirit to help me. And I declared that we will not lack in anything because Yahweh is the one who is our source and our provider. And because of that, I could continue with what I needed to do. Remember, the enemy wants to rob you of your peace. And when he does that, everything else becomes muddled up because you cannot focus. But when we are living a spirit-led lifestyle, that, and then the Holy Spirit is the one that releases those gifts within our lives. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. Thank you, Shanaz. Erica. Yes, I just, I'm sitting and listening and I'm so overwhelmed. As I'm listening to you, Shanaz and Angelina, I just realize that everything comes from God and everything goes back to God again. Because remember the word that was spoken from God right in the beginning when we started. He said that the fruit of the Spirit are powerful spiritual forces. Just think about self-control if we um uh, if we walk in self-control if we just allow ourselves to just move in the spirit and see what force is being released in the spiritual realm when we walk in self-control and as both of you beautiful ladies said fear immediately vanishes diminishes because we walk in self-control and that's true angelina what you said never thought that self-control can be um can be also uh, connected to fear the lack of self-control that is you know and therefore i just want to say thank you to the lord because what we are doing here is he is actually opening up so much um like digging in a mine very very deep to get the best gold and the best jewels out so that it really becomes a revelation in our spirit so that we can truly live it truly live it by the grace of god and being led by the holy spirit as beautiful shanas has been saying all along 
Thank you so much, Angelina. You know, if I must just share, ladies, I can just say to our Gospel for Grampian listeners, you know, just doing this series has just made me become so much aware of my conduct. The other day, I was sharing something with my husband and because I'm passionate about something, sometimes my passion can make me look like, you know what, this is my view and that's it. But I'm just passionate about a topic. And so when I finished share what I thought about that conversation topic, I realized, you know, maybe I need to go and tell him, don't see my seriousness in the topic as me fighting. I'm just passionate about it. When we talk about passionate topics, I become serious, but it's not fighting. Because now I'm at the point now where I'm saying, Lord, I know myself enough and sometimes People might perceive my passion as being, you know, um, fighting. Uh, and I, I want to just give the person assurance. No, it's just a passion on a topic. Uh, you know, and that's why you see that. And so I went and I did that. So you see, when we, when we learn about the fruits of the Spirit, we know ourselves enough to know when we are out of line and when we are passionate about something and we, we bring order back because the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. And then we become aware of how the spirit of Leviathan, which likes to twist communication, to take something that you're passionate about and mean well about and, and construe it or present it in a negative light. So I quickly went and I said, no, 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 this is a topic I love talking about. So I'm very serious about it. Don't take the passion as something that I'm trying to fight you on a topic. So I don't know about you, any of the ladies, have you experienced that as well? Where going through the series, you become more aware of yourself and how you present yourself to people so that we don't allow people to misunderstand us in our personalities. Definitely, Angelina. I think I've become so self-conscious now that I allow the Holy Spirit to show me when I need to keep quiet because sometimes I can become very, I won't say, um, I can't get to the word now, but passionate, maybe passionate is the right word, Angelina, when you're speaking about the topic and perhaps then the next individual can misinterpret that. And so I'm also learning to, to hear what the Holy Spirit says because not everybody can handle your passion when you're speaking about it. Because we also have to understand that we need to be sensitive to where others are at. They might not be at the same level where we are. And so it helps us to become much more aware of where others are at as well. And that allows us to be able to become quiet and just listen. And I think sometimes I, especially with my husband, I also want to just give feedback all the time. And then even if I am right and I know I'm right, I just need to be quiet because the Holy Spirit will show me when to be quiet. That spirit-led lifestyle. And it's not always easy because now I must learn to be quiet at times as well. <laughs> Tell us about you, Erica. I must admit, um, Angelina, I also have a very passionate um, personality. I really have. In, any, in every area, I'm very passionate. Um, I might not speak a lot, but when I speak and I'm passionate about something, then I can come across quite 
persistent, if I can say that. And um, yes, um, the Holy Spirit has also taught me, you know, look, I've got a loud voice. I can speak without a mic and my voice carries far. And when I'm passionate, it's like a, a thunder, <laughs> if I can say that. But yes, I, when I am convicted or rather have a revelation of something or God has given me this openness of what this really is all about, I can absolutely um, jump out of my skin, if, if I can say that, to truly talk about this revelation, this what God has given me. And it's so um, amazing that I can say that I'm not ashamed or embarrassed about that because um, it can never be taken away from me. It, it becomes a part of, my, of who I am, is that when God reveals something to me and I become so passionate about that, you know what, it can actually ignite the person that you're talking to and it can ignite some faith in that person as well. And um, I, because I have experienced that, that your passion can ignite something that has died maybe in the other person and open the eyes of their understanding to see things differently and know because we we are passionate because of the love of Christ. We are passionate because we know that we are fully loved by the by by our Father. Thank you, precious Angelina. Thank you, Erica. And you know I love what Erica is saying and maybe Shanaz this is for us and also for the people out there that um God gave us the personality and that passion for a specific audience. And we tend to bring it back home to our family. <laughs> and, and so we have to be careful because even Jesus himself, in his familiar environment, he couldn't use his gifts, right? But in the places where God has called him, I love what Erica said, people needed to hear it because he resurrected the dead with his gifts. So, um, yeah, we just got to be aware. Holy Spirit, Tell us when to talk and when not to, because our place of home is our place of rest. And there's a time where we do minister to our families because as iron sharpens iron, so we, we sharpen the countenance of our family members. But they're not our ministry platform. So teach us, Jesus, when to be still. <laughs> okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about, and I think this is the most important thing for all of us, because as Christians, the word of God says, the just shall live by faith. And faith is fullness is a fruit of the holy spirit and the word in the in the um greek is pistis and it means faith belief trust confidence fidelity fidelity and faithfulness and it says here clearly that it is a gift from god and it's not something that we can ever produce no human can produce faith it is a gift from god just like every other fruit and so it is a divine persuasion that God puts in our heart because the minute we heard the word of God when we were unbelievers, that word of God came into our heart. We were divinely persuaded that Jesus is God and we then believed in him and we became saved. However, when we became saved, it's easy to become saved to know that one day heaven's going to be our home and that we are now children of God. But it's the part of faith where most people battle is now where you have to say, I let go of my mind, will, and emotions, seeing things in the carnal. And now I have to believe the God that I received to now teach me how to believe him for everything. 
Because before I became a Christian, I was a humanistic person where I believed my wisdom and my ability to could give me everything I needed. My wisdom and ability and knowledge brought everything I needed in this life. But the minute I became born again, it is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. So everything I need to trust God for in the natural has to come by me believing God. And that is the fruit of the spirit that God has given us where we walk by faith and not by sight, where we call things first and then we see it and then we say it is good. That is the faith that God has given us. And we, it is a process that we, we learn to adapt to. It is not something that one can just do overnight. While we might have received Jesus overnight and believed instantly that he's God and now we have the spirit of God in us, just like we learning to walk in the spirit, the gift of faith is something that we need to exercise. And I don't know about your um, our gospel for Grampian listeners and my friend Shanaz and Erica, but exercising each fruit of the spirit is like exercising a muscle. We go through training till we perfect it. And that is the same with pistis. It is God faith where we have to exercise it in order for us to be able to perfect it. Because he's given us the measure of faith and we have to now exercise it in order for us to be able to believe that everything that God says in his word we have, we have. And I just love what it says here. That pistis is always received from God and never generated by us. And that is where I love what Paul says, that the flesh is at enmity with the spirit. And so flesh comes in the way of us walking by faith. Because flesh wants to reason with things that you cannot see. And I love what Chana said. I had that problem where fear came in the way of me believing God for certain things. And that fear tormented me till I had to go to the Lord and say, but why am I feeling anxious? And he said, it's because you're having faith in what your mind is telling you makes sense versus believing God. And because your mind is telling you that that situation is going to cause havoc in your life and you don't have an answer for it because God says that he takes care of it and your situation has got more, you believing more in the situation than God, you end up being tormented rather than walking in faith because you are dealing with the logical reasoning. The logical reasoning says the report is true, but the word of God says, no, by his stripes I'm healed. The logical reasoning says there's bills to pay, but the word of God says, I supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. And that is where most people get stuck in exercising the muscle of faith because they end up relying on what they're seeing and believing that. And faith is not seeing to believe. Faith is believing God's word and calling what God says as the truth. And in that, we then begin to see what God says is the final and the only outcome. I mean, think about it, Shanaz and Erica and Gospel for Grampian listeners. Jesus operated from that spiritual kingdom. So he was able to thank God in a remote place where there were no shops and there was no food except five loaves of bread and fish. And he just thanked God and supernaturally from the kingdom of God, the multiplication happened. No human can glory in that because the shops were far away and nobody could produce, even if the shops were close by, nobody could instantly produce meal for 5,000 people in that short space of time. 
So that was the faith demonstration of God teaching us that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven. And when we begin to walk in Christ Jesus, then we can see the manifestation of everything that is given to us in that kingdom manifest in the natural as Jesus demonstrated. As the disciples followed in that demonstration and walked in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they demonstrated those same kind of revelation that Jesus revealed on the earth. But we tend to battle because we don't know how to walk that faith journey. And therefore, it is a process that we have to walk into by believing the word of God, studying the word of God, because the word of God says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to hear it, believe it in our heart, confess it with our mouth and stand on that confession because the word of God says the devil comes to steal that word. Talk to us, Shanaz. Thank you, beautiful Angelina. And I think another example of that is Abram and Sarah. At times they struggle to trust God, but they learn to do that. And they learn the value of faithfulness when they submitted to God. And so in our journey, we also have to learn the value of our faithfulness to God. So they waited many years for God to fulfill his promise before they received his son and maybe. The listeners are waiting on God, and it's through our faithfulness in our journey with God that we submit to Him. So it's our faithfulness unto God that causes what Angelina spoke about, the things that we're waiting for, for it to be seen. It's not yet there, but it's our faithfulness and our submission unto God, as Hebrews 11 verses 1 says. And then also I just want to read from Lamentations Chapter 3, from verses 22, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in Him. So we know that just like Abraham and Sarah, they put their hope in God. So I put my hope in God, and it's through my faithfulness in submitting unto Him that I can experience the supernatural where beautiful Angelina speaks about. Now the things that we have hoped for, the things that we have not yet seen, will become the things seen because we are submitting unto God. And it's in our faithfulness, in our walking with God, as we submit unto Him daily through His Spirit, that we will be able to see the supernatural. So let us not grow weary and tired. Let us continuously please God with our faithfulness as we submit unto Him. Thank you, beautiful angel. Thank you, beautiful Shanaz. Erika, please, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I can only add to what you already have said, uh, Angelina and Shanaz. It's just absolutely powerful. And I'm so um, aware of the, the fact that Holy Spirit is really moving. And I'm sure he's moving in our listeners' hearts as well because faithfulness comes with obedience to God's word. Exactly what you said, that by hearing the word of God and by hearing the word of God, faith grows and then eternal blessings follow. It says that when we are truly faithful to God, and just bear with me because now maybe someone might ask me, um, but how am I truly faithful to God? I'll come to that in a minute. For example, 
that um, if we are truly faithful to God, this shapes then the way we live. Then we can be, then we are able to be loyal in our friendships here on earth and truly love others. Faithfulness requires us to submit our ways to God. It comes from a place of realizing that we are in need of a savior and that he is in control of our lives because faithfulness doesn't just come as a package and say, okay, here, you've got it. And um, it just operates in you. Faithfulness really comes with obedience to God's word. Now, faithfulness is so important to God that it is listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. It is listed there because it is one of the key defining qualities of God's own character. And we all know that because we read and we say God is faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. God will not disappoint us because he is faithful. He himself is totally faithful. He never breaks a promise and he never lets anybody down. Faithfulness means unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. And I can actually agree with that because in the last few weeks, as we've also mentioned last week when we spoke, is that it is so difficult, it is truly very hard to be, to, 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 to persevere in trusting in God. And I must just mention one morning, my husband said that the Lord has um, revealed to him that we say we have faith in God, but when we say I trust in God, it is as if it just amplifies the word of faith that I can say I trust in God. The um, question can be, how do you grow in faithfulness? First of all, you believe. To have faith is to believe in God. To grow in faithfulness means you and I must approach God with complete trust. Here we hear it, with complete trust. The second one is spending time with him. To grow in faithfulness, we need to cultivate a daily habit of spending time with God. If we take our earthly relationships, and for instance, um, we have a relationship with one another. If we do, do not spend time with one another, how can I truly say that I believe you or I trust you? And just by having these times once a week already puts in my heart that I can trust you, Angelina, that I can trust you, Shinaz, that I can have faith in that what you say, that it will encourage me. The third thing is meditate on his promises. We read it in, in Luke 16 verse 10, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. And in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. These two scriptures are really hardcore for me. The Holy Spirit works in us by peeling away our sinful characteristics and replacing them with godly characteristics. His work in us makes us more and more like Jesus, isn't it? amazing just as acts 1 8 mentions the holy spirit empowers us to be effective witnesses for jesus christ our faithfulness 
is a result of the Holy Spirit's influence in our lives. Faithfulness is a blending of trust, love, and obedience in a God who has proven himself trustworthy and deserving of our devotion. To have faith in the God of the Bible is to believe he is who he says he is and does what he says he'll do. Faithfulness is our belief in God's existence, even if we can't physically see him. And you know what? Many times it is so difficult. But if we take that step, that bold step and say, Lord, I don't see you. I don't hear you. I don't. I, I cannot feel anything, but I'm taking that bold step and I'm saying, I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my faith in you. And you know what? God is ever, forever showing himself trustworthy. If we persevere in being bold and say, no matter what I feel, no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, everything that is contrary to encourage my faith, I can say, I'm going to do this bold step. I'm choosing to trust you, my Lord. I'm choosing and I'm expecting to see what are you going to do about this. And you know what? He's forever faithful. Because when he said that he's going to send us a savior, he did. And that savior died to come and give us life. That savior took all our uh, iniquities and infirmities on him. We do not realize what it took of Jesus. That's why he cried out and said, Lord, can this cup not pass me by? And God says, no. He says, not my will be done, but yours. And here we bow low before our Lord Jesus. And we say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Because you have come. You have come to give us the spirit, the food. And you know, Erica, I'm just thinking about that. Romans 14.23 says, "With Whatever is not of faith is sin. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. It pleases God to provide. It pleases God to bless us. And we limit God from pleasing us when we do not have faith. I'm thinking about the account about that woman that had that blood issue. She literally had to go and say, if I could just touch the garment of his uh, uh, hem, I will get well. Her faith drew out the healing. And that is what faith is. God, it pleases God to heal us. And if we don't have faith, we can't extract the healing power of God. And so gospel for Grampian listeners, as we end today, we trust that you were blessed by the fruits of the spirit of faith and of self-control. And we want you to know that as you learn about these things, you are able to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Please join us next week as we summarize part one, two, three, and four so that you can become everything God has called you to become by walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. From Shanaz, Erika, and myself, be blessed. Bye-bye.